My wife and I went shopping for a new pair of shoes for my son, and I knelt down to see if they were going to fit. And I said to my wife, babe, I don't think these shoes are going to work. They're a little bit too big. And she said, no, 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 they're perfect. He has room to grow. And I thought to myself, don't we all? Welcome back to the Brave Work Podcast. What's up? Jesse and Pedro here. And uh, we did something a little different for this podcast. We asked on the gram. A poll, if you will. Yeah. Hey, the first topic to come in, uh, we are going to talk about. And so it's a way of taking your input and not being choosy and putting our opinion into things and going, okay, this is what you have questions and things about. So when I checked it, there were several (laughs) that came in like right at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I'm not 100% sure that this was the very, very first one. I don't know how to tell actually, but there was a repetitive theme that we saw with a few different ones. One said, you know, how to keep a marriage, the newlywed part of marriage alive for 10 plus years. One said sustaining marriage. The general idea was how to keep the spark alive over the years in a relationship. More spark, less bark. Hey. (laughs) I speak for a living. What can I say? Always got the cheesy little. So we thought with it being February and relationships are obviously on the mind, but let's be real. Relationships are just always front of mind because they're the most important thing in our worlds, in our lives. You know, if you're not even dating, the marriage is on your mind. If you're dating, marriage is on your mind. If you're married, marriage is on your mind. You know, this is something that from the time we have a seven-year-old who right now, he already asks us all the questions about marriage and about family and will he get married when he grows up and can that be the sister? You know, like all the the great (laughs) Uh, seven-year-old questions. The answer is no. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about this. Where do we start? Man, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make a statement. That's how we'll start. I'm going to make a statement. I think that what it comes down to for us in our marriage and in our relationship over the years, we've been together more than half of our lives now. Mm-hmm. I am time. 35. I'm 36. You're 36. Yep. And we've been married for 12 and a half, almost 13 of those. Yeah. And then together an additional like six before that. So quick math, we've been together 18, almost 19 years yeah. and knew each other for a little bit before that too. So yeah. that's a long time. Mm-hmm. That's closer to 20 than it is 10 in terms of our actual relationship. Yeah. The statement I'm going to make is that little things go a long way Yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. I came into our relationship really blind to love and to, I didn't know really what to expect, which maybe Mm -hmm. is great. And we've talked about that before, that maybe youth is a gift to love because you're dumb and you don't know always. I think the older you get, the more expectations you have and things like that. But for me personally, I think little things have gone a long way over the years. Something that Mm. you started doing when we were young in marriage and that you have done here and there all of these years, and if people follow me on Instagram, they've probably seen it from time to time, is whether we're in a hotel or we're you know, traveling, staying at someone's house, we're at our house from time to time, especially when it's been a rough day. It could be an average day. Pedro, if he brushes his teeth before me, he will put toothpaste on my toothbrush and leave it out for me. And it's just this little thing that is like, hey, thinking about you. 
that there's no words and he's a words guy. When we were dating, I felt like he was like from a walk to remember or something like everything (laughs) (laughs) was so perfect and poetic all the time. And it's something that he does that lets me know that he's thinking of me that that's huge that I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And it, and the sustaining power of the like, it's not an everyday thing. So I don't expect it. It's not a once a week thing on a certain day. I don't think there's a timer in his phone or anything like that telling him to do it. But it's just something that randomly happens that it indicates to me in my heart, like, oh yeah, like still the same, you know, young love, young, mm-hmm. young guy loving me, you know, loving the young me too. And so it makes me feel seen and loved still and yeah i love yeah. that yeah i like that you brush your teeth too that's maybe that's what yeah you know I've, I've actually gotten feedback on instagram <laughs> from people who are like i love that you love that because i'd be totally offended <laughs> yeah t- exactly and so many people have said that i'd be I, like I think, what do i think my, you'd be offended if it's my like breath toothpaste today. the mouthwash like toothpicks sure, 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 sure. Too floss. Much, too much. you're like okay well now we're getting uh-huh. a divorce mm-hmm. yeah, there's so many things i could say uh equally but i think we're just riffing on this in, in some ways and we're kind of just pulling from our life and our stories and our different perspectives, our different Enneagram types. I would say for me, I mean, you do the same, like you leave me notes a lot. I mean, I have some pinned up in my closet I was just thinking about right now. Mm-hmm. And I actually do go back to them. I especially go back to them. I probably should go back to them more, but I go back to them when I feel like we're maybe a little more distant than I'd like for us to feel, like mm-hmm. we're going through a harder time. Mm. Usually that's related to my my life and my story probably more than yours. I feel like I will go back to those as like reminders of like, oh wait, no, no, she's not going anywhere. You know, the thing that mm. I, I stru- I'm trying not to get emotional, sorry. Mm. Um, ugh, sorry guys. The thing I struggle with the most is, and Babe. I didn't know I was going to get emotional today. I struggle with feeling like I'm going to be left. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I have spent a lifetime performing so that people won't leave me. Um, so when I read your notes and I read your cards and I find them stuffed away in a suitcase or in my book bag, or I pull, I pull out my computer on in first class. Cause I, I'm trying to pull myself out of tears. So oh if goodness, I say things yeah. that make me sound Comic important, really? I Got feel it. better. About myself, um, such or I pull like my, a seven move. I know. Not a I pull move. my I pull my laptop out, and it'll like a card will fall onto the floor in the in the, in the airplane, or you know, it's always like, or it's in my like toothpaste bag, or you know, whatever. It's like my my mm-hmm. toiletry bag, and those things really go. Yeah, they do go a long way. I think they can say things. They can say paragraphs in books in like three post-it words. Notes. A post-it note. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's the intentionality, right? It's the intentionality of somebody thinking, you know. Well, they like went the extra mile. Like they didn't have to do that. They actually mm-hmm. found a piece of paper, found a pen, and wrote it, and then put it in. And it, and it was it wasn't just like love you. You know, it was like yeah, something specific. The, steps, the process. It's like that process. The intentionality. Like, so if somebody mails me a piece of mail now, like right. I'm borderline Snail like mail. shocked. Yeah, I'm like, what? You actually know how to use that still? Like you, you know, have stamps. You have stamps. Anyway, I think that's one that comes to mind for me is just how anchoring those things can be. Like when when we feel in our marriage. I mean, we've been through a lot in our marriage, ups and downs, and good and bad, sure. and busy and slow and lot of money and no money. And like, we've kind of seen the things that can happen in a marriage. And I think those things are very anchoring to go back to is like, man, like, no, she's for me. She's with me. Like, 
she's not going to leave me, which is really my biggest, like I said, it's my biggest fear yeah. in our marriage. And none of that, if in case you're listening and you're like, whoa, like he's <laughs> really afraid she's going to dip. Like it's more related to my life and my story than it is necessarily my wife. It's more related to my childhood. And that had me thinking as we were approaching this podcast, like yeah. how many of our people listening in our this brave community are, they've just got married. They're thinking about getting married, how you said, mm-hmm. they've been married a long time. And they're trying to figure out how to love each other and go the distance in light of maybe a home that they grew up in that wasn't super secure in love right. and trust and respect right. and honor. And then others who are going, no, like my family was very loving and very affirming and very, and then even in that, as you got older, you're like, oh, but there was like codependency in that. And there was like some unhealth in that. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't released into manhood. I wasn't taught what it means to be a loving, caring wife or a nurturing mom or, right. oh my gosh, like we all see things in our stories. It's not abnormal. My parents saw things in their parents and their parents saw things in their parents. And none of us are trying to put our parents down on blast. We are all literally growing and iterating yeah. on our parents' shoulders, on their stories. And so I don't know. I think there's something interesting about like, man, the stories we tell ourselves about the story we came out of as kids mm. and how that affects how we love you know, our spouses and our kids too. Yeah. Two thoughts that I have on that are... First of all, it's funny because what you said, the example you gave is actually something I learned from you. You know, like when we were early on dating, I said I came into it blind. I really, I felt more like the stereotypical gender roles. Like I felt more like the guy, you know, you were so romantic, you know, like you planned things and the things that you said and the things that you did. Like, I feel like in a a lot of times now when I see people date, it's the women making the effort a Mm. lot. And you really were pursuing me at such a young age. You had, you had the, yeah, you had the ideas. You were an idea guy even back then. And I didn't even know, you know, who you were, but you left me notes all the time to the point where our very first Valentine's Day, oh, babe, so many years ago, Mm -hmm. um, our very first Valentine's Day, he had, we had been together like maybe six months or something. And he took this bottle that um, our parents had drank, a bottle of wine together, Arbor Mist, actually, let's keep it classy. They got wasted. Um, And he had taken post-it notes um, (laughs) and gone through our like flip phone text messages mm-hmm. and they were color coded and inside there was all of our initial text messages. It, it was flipping genius is what, what you see what I did there as a pun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Oh my gosh. <laughs> gotta there break is, up. I gotta break up the story with I some, know, some punny goodness. stuff. Uh-huh. And so there was he wrote down our initial like texts and stuff back and forth so that we'd remember them. And then he did like things he loved about me in a different color post-it note mm, and prayers he had for me on yeah. a different you know, he thought through those things. It had taken him time to make that. And then he stuffed them all in that bottle and it looked so pretty. And then the caveat was that like I couldn't just break it and read them. Like I could only do that if we got married. And so we broke up once in our relationship and I remember everyone asking me like was I going to break that and read them all and I was like no that would be gut-wrenching heartbreaking because we broke up it was his choice well especially and, since you didn't realize they were I didn't write anything on them was, oh my gosh stop just kidding so guys. we we obviously got back together and after we got married we came back from our honeymoon and that's what we did we broke the bottle and mm-hmm. read through them and it was just this really sweet like six years in the making more than that yeah 
probably. But anyways, it was cool. Those are things that not only did you think about then, but then they made moments and memories later on. And then that bottle, we, we refilled it into another bottle. And people have asked us about that for years, you know, about what is, what's in that. I think you left me notes on mirrors. And those are things that don't cost anything. Like post-it yeah. notes don't cost but a yeah. dollar at the dollar store, time. you know? It's just time. Yeah. And thoughts. And I think giving people your thoughts and giving them your words is something that's free and you don't have to have a lot of resources. The only resource you have to have is an open heart and available like spirit to yeah. like give each other words. I'm learning more and more as we get older and we experience more friends and their relationships and how they work that I think when we didn't have a lot of money to give each other in the early years, dating and then married as well, what we did have to give each other were those free things. And so we got really creative with what was free. I think we really had to pour, like dig down deep into those resources. And I, I feel like a lot of people that I know don't always do that. Yeah. And it goes a long way, like I said before, you know. One of the things that we're not talking about that this does is it is it causes us to have to stay curious and stay a student with the person we're married to. Mm-hmm. It causes you to start looking for the good in them. You know, it's easy to be married to somebody and start seeing the bad, you yeah. know. And when I say bad, it's objective bad. Sure. Um, but you start seeing things that bother you, that nag you. Like they drag their feet in the house or they <laughs> always are dropping crumbs or they don't put the coffee mug away or whatever the thing. Like petty. They're really petty things. But those things start to happen, and when those things start to happen, it's really imperative that we keep our minds open, not just to those things, but to the profound things that may be simple, like the beautiful things that may be simple about the people we love, the things that they, the extra mile they go to tend to our kids, the yeah. the way they clean up, you know, and the thing mm-hmm. that we just think they're going to always do, or the way they do the laundry, or it could be, it could just be tasks. It can also be character things, things about their character, like. Hey, I noticed you could have like made yourself look better by saying this in front of your friend. You didn't say that. Why didn't you say that? Mm -hmm. I love that about you. That's so cool. Like, I love that you're like, you're so good. I mean, I just, we can say it on the podcast. Like, you're so good in conversation, like Mm -hmm. with your friends. And that's a gift. Thanks. That's something that it doesn't take but two seconds to say like, man, you're so rad at that. How do you do that? That's, I don't, it's amazing. You know, that's a gift, right? Like God gave you a gift in that. Uh, You do it with our kids. Like you're always looking for these little things that they do. You know, sometimes our son, our son kind of sings like I do for those of you listening. And like, I can, (laughs) I can sing. I've worked really hard at singing and I'm, I'm good for me. Like I've gotten to a decent spot. I can write my songs and do my thing. Well, we kind of sing like a bit. What would you call it? Like we sing harmonies. Yeah. It always sounds like you're singing a harmony. Yes. And sometimes like justice can be doing that or, or I can, but we uh, will tell justice like as soon as he's doing it, even though it doesn't sound like on pitch sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, you sing so good. Like we Mm -hmm. love that about you. I think in the same way we can do that in marriage, like where we can encourage parts of our partners that mm-hmm. maybe they feel weak in and we can yeah. encourage it. I call it your left hand, like the part of you that maybe yeah, isn't as strong as your right hand. It's like, man, you can strengthen that in your partner with your words. You can strengthen your kids' left hands, their proverbial left hands and their character and their relationships with others, with how they view themselves, with their lack of confidence. Our kid has a whole lot of confidence and I have to <laughs> strengthen his ability to utilize some of his confidence to share his confidence with his teammates and with others. Right. And I don't want to diminish his confidence. It's awesome. But I, I want him to pay attention to other people who maybe don't have as much confidence and go like, come on, man, we can do this. Like just these little things, like they're, they're small things that I think we can do in terms of like going the distance in marriage. I'd be curious to hear from you 
on what are some other things that you think have helped us go coming up on 13 years, go the distance? I think another like powerful free tool we have is reminiscing. Oh, I like that. I don't know if you've noticed, but there'll be times where I... Why did I just think of Evanescence when you said reminiscing? I don't... Do you remember Evanescence? Of course I do. Oh my gosh. If you don't don't know who Evanescence is right now, you can stop listening to this podcast. Go YouTube. Evanescence. Oh yeah, sing it, babe. No. Um, Save me. You know what I mean? Yeah, the screamo. Yeah, Yeah, screamo. So reminiscing about the past, you know, because, and I think about that all the time. And I don't know if you notice this, like we have friends who are going through relational things or whatever. I always ask them like, how did you guys come into relationship? Mm -hmm. You know, because sometimes we forget, I think people forget that they had things in common once upon a time or that they, there were things they liked about each other. What is that thing you say about like the things that, the things Oh, about relationships. Yeah. I always say that that I think it is, we we love, we love ourselves, you know, so we, and we don't admit that, but I always feel like it is the things that are the same in us. The similarities are what draw us together, but our differences are what keep us together over the years, you know. I feel that way for relationships and friendships and everything. Yeah. I think reminiscing is a, a really great tool. When we got married, we, the pastor who married us, he gave us our sermon with those words in like a book. And that's been a really powerful tool for us over the years on our anniversary. We usually always read through that, almost like a renewing of vows, if you would, um, reminding ourselves, reminding our souls. Going back to the good old days, like even old couples feel like they forget to do that. So sometimes when I'm out with my parents or my grandparents or aunts and uncles, you know, I might think ahead of time about a question or two that I can ask them about their relationship and glean wisdom from them or or even just watch as they reminisce. Mm-hmm. And because it does that. something to me, you know, and yeah. I love telling stories now to our kids about our relationship. And yeah, I don't know. I think that's something really powerful. I love that. For, for going the distance. And I think growing. Can we just yeah. like pause for that? Like yeah. growing. If you feel stuck in a relationship, you feel like you're in a marriage that you don't see a way out. It's because you've stopped growing. You or them. Yeah, or both. Maybe both. Yeah. If you're feeling stuck, something has to change. Mm -hmm. So there's books to be read. There's therapy to be had. There's realizing things about yourself. Yeah. Looking inward. It's them doing the same. You can't control what the other person does. He used to always say, you can only do, and I think your dad used to say this, you can only do 100% of your 50% of the relationship. But yeah, even if one just one person is doing their 100% of the 50%, you're not bankrupt. Right. You know? Yeah, I think ongoing, ongoing change, I think being open, remaining open to the possibility that you aren't perfect and that you don't have it all together. Like. Mm I think that's been important for us. That's something we do. I think even more recently, I was trying to think of something really practical. As somebody who swims in the sea of emotions quite a bit, I love getting practical because it gives me handles like a lifeboat. And one of the things coming back from Atlanta recently Mm -hmm. from doing some therapy out there, I want to say it's the day or the day after I got home, they had challenged me like, hey, when you get home, ask your wife how she experiences you. Which was kind of like a like, okay, like I'm with her all the time. Like, you know, I don't understand that one, but thanks therapy guy, you know, and I did. And it was actually really powerful and we don't have to go deep into our, our lives. I mean, we'll, we'll do that more as time goes on here and we think it's helpful and adding value to you. But I think for me, I asked you like, how do you experience me? 
And I actually clocked it. You don't know this, but I clocked it for 48 minutes. You told me how you experienced me. And it was, there was a lot of sadness in that for me. There was a lot of heart and there was a lot of beauty in it too. I just wish I would have had that simple question as a tool at year one. Like, hey, how do you, how have you experienced me this year? Like, what's, what's our marriage been like for you? Like, it sounds like really simple, but as somebody said to me yesterday, he's like, aren't the simple things always the most like prolific changes that happen in our lives? Mm -hmm. Like, cause he went to say something really simple, my buddy George. And, uh, I was like, as soon as he said, it, I was like, dude, but that's all the, that's always the change comes sure. from on the back of like these simple sentences. Yeah. And that is one I would tell you, I don't care how long you've been married. I don't know if you're dating, if you're single, take that into any space, you know? Yeah. If you've been dating somebody and you've gone on six dates, like don't be afraid to sit down and be like, hey, how have you experienced me over these last six dates? I'd love to hear like- You know this about I'd me. I'd be like, yo, that's going to get real, real quick. And that'll save you a Questions lot of time. Questions <laughs> are the most powerful, yeah. underutilized tools we have in our tool belt of life. Ooh, say that again. Questions are the most underutilized yep. tool we have in our tool belt of life. Oh, that's good. Somebody just tweet that right now. Just I mean, <laughs> think about this. There are people <laughs> living lives that feel dull and they feel numb and yep. it, because they're living on this surface level in most of their relationships, yeah. even their relationship with themselves. Yes. They want to go deep, you, but they don't yeah. know how mm. to mine. Yes. And questions are what mine underneath the surface so true. in our own hearts, in the hearts of others. And there's this connection piece. And you know what? It's funny. I don't want to get spiritual here. But like, if you think about it, think about the Bible, yeah. think about how, how oh often gosh. people were asking Jesus questions and he answered with a question. My favorite is literally they're asking him who he is, Yeah, which is what he who is do you there. Say I am? And he's like, who do you say I am? And my point is like, that oh, he's literally turning it and going, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what, what I, say, I, I say. How do you I experience am? me? Exactly. Because I'm, exactly longing, just I'm longing about. for you to experience me. I think that it's a practice and people are afraid to take that first step. Our, some friends of ours who you actually married and I, I was the maid of honor in this wedding, Elena and Jordan, shout out. Before they got married, one of the coolest things that they did was like, I think it was like a hundred questions, a book yeah. of that they went through before yeah, so cool. they got married. And it just, it like conversation starters. And I am so passionate about this in all facets of life mm. with kids, with each other. Like, I mean, my goodness. And, and I know that it's something, if you're a friend of mine, you know this, this is not new because I'm notorious for asking maybe too many questions, mm -hmm. maybe to an annoying point. But my point in bringing that up is to say, mm -hmm. my hope is that you never experience me in a way that I'm not looking at you yeah. and looking into you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like That's the what questions, intimacy is. Yeah. Into me see. Into yeah. me see. That's what intimacy is. It's yeah. you see into me, I see into you. And yeah. you can't do that without questions. I don't I don't even know. Like think about it. if somebody made a statement about who you are. Right. It's going to throw up walls in you it, or it could be true but you you might avoid but somebody asks you a question. It's a question is an invitation for communion. And tone is everything in a question. Yes. Yeah, we could get into like the <laughs> the, the details for sure, but we're assuming all of you are living generous with your tone and mm -hmm. uh gentle with your tone. And curious with your time. I think that's the nature of a, you know, a real question. It comes from... Kindness. Kindness. Like a, a real question where you're genuinely trying to learn comes from kindness. Yeah. 
And I would say the deeper part of that kind, that's only the tip of the iceberg. The deeper part is actually listening, Mm -hmm. listening for the clues that somebody's sharing with you and looking at them, looking at their body, looking at their body. Well, childlike curiosity is not through a filter of skepticism. Right. That's our adult minds. As we grow and age and experience the world, we ask questions with a a backhanded twist, right? And so it's a lot more of a childlike curiosity and questioning of... A heart open, yeah, ears that's interesting. open. What is what? Yeah, it's cool. Oh, I'm curious about that. Well, tell me more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think those are open ended questions. Sometimes are are questions mm-hmm. when somebody's talking and they're sharing their story with you, or your spouse. In this case, like what we're talking about, is saying like, like, man, this happened today. This person really made me mad. Like, it made you mad. What do you mean by that? Tell me. And more. then acknowledge their answer. Right. Pedro yeah. always tells me this because I can sometimes be ready with another question. Yes. And yeah. he's like, <laughs> yes. okay, like, I'm like you know, there went my feelings. And I'm not interrogating him, right? I'm not, he's not on like the chopping block or yeah. something. It's just, I genuinely, I want to know more. So I have another question, but I, I've had to slow down even in my question asking to be polite and courteous of his heart and his feelings that he just shared and yeah. acknowledging those and being grateful for that yeah. before I can move on to more questions. Well, I'm, gr- I'm grateful you acknowledged it just now. Yeah. It's helpful. You guys, there is nothing worse than a business offering a product that I actually want, but I can't stand to watch the video because the music in the background is so cheeseball. Have you seen these videos before? Do you want abs? It's just horrible. Your message and your music need to align. So if you're a YouTube creator, an influencer, a podcaster, or even just a company trying to get their message out into the world, please go step up your music game so that more people don't walk out while you're trying to share your message. That's where Sonic Stories comes in. Sonic Stories is a one-stop music production company ran by CEO and even better, my friend, Adam Agin. Y'all remember Adam, we've had him on the podcast. Adam makes all the music on this podcast. Adam's music has been featured on over 70 networks with some of the world's biggest brands. Him and his team can handle anything that you guys throw at them. So here's some really cool news. Go and tell them BraveWorks sent you and you're going to get 20% off your first project with Sonic Stories. So what are you waiting for? Go start your next project and elevate your music and elevate your message sonicstories.co sonicstories.co I'm going to turn the page on the conversation because my brain just jumped to something. I'm like, sure. ooh, I'm going to jump to that. And this is a bit of a confession because this is something I do. I've noticed recently, and I don't know if I've shared this with you, Jesse, but I've hmm. noticed recently I do struggle with and I don't love it. Okay. And I wish I could just change it overnight, but I'm I'm working through it. And so and I'm hoping it helps somebody out there or somebody else is driving right now and they're like, oh dang, that's me too. I think one thing I would encourage any married couple to do is learn the way the other person wants to be loved. Mm-hmm. Learn the way they long to be loved and cared for. I love to clean. Mm-hmm. And I wish your love language was like clean all the time to perfection. That's just not your love language. You enjoy cleanliness, like you're thankful. I literally only clean as an act of love to you. Yes, which is amazing. (laughs) I clean as an act of love to me. And so I've learned that in our marriage more recently, like, oh, like I'm cleaning, thinking she's going to be like, babe, you're amazing. Thank you for cleaning. I've been thinking about this all day. And really you're like, 
no, like take me somewhere dope. So take me to some <laughs> sick restaurant. Like let's get dressed up kind of cool. Oh, funny. Let's laugh a lot. Let's listen to some funky music on the way there. Let's connect. Let's get a good drink and some good food. Let's take some pictures for the gram. Let's live. Try a new food for me. <laughs> yes. Like seriously, like that's like your love language. And so the irony is, is like sometimes we love the other person in ways that we want to be loved. Mm-hmm. And then we're angry when that's not sufficient. Mm. And the reality is it's an insufficiency of our ability to love. Mm. And that's what it exposes. Mm. And that's hurtful and that's hard. And also it's what love really is. That is the beginning of real love is the ability to see someone else's needs and meet them, even if it's not in your wheelhouse, even if it's not in your comfort, even if it's not like the way you want to be loved, yeah. even if to you it seems petty. or I do um, appreciate your cleaning though, now that I'm a mom and yeah. wife and busy. Yeah, yeah. So we still appreciate it. these things in each other. <laughs> but I realize like sacrifice for me and my introversion and my personality, it's way more of a sacrifice for me to go out to a loud restaurant and be around more people when I'm around people all the time on the road I'm around noisy places. It's way more of a sacrifice for me to show up there. And when I say show up, I don't mean like it's on the calendar, we're going. I mean like really show up, like really be present with you in that Mm -hmm. and really let the conversation go the way you want the conversations to move in those spaces. Like that's an act of love for me because it's true sacrifice for me. It's it's a little uncomfortable and I don't like a lot of that. It's not that I don't like being with you. It's just I get a little overwhelmed by all of that and overstimulated. Yeah. Yeah. Pay attention to what your spouse needs. I mean, I, I was, I, this came through, just to be honest, like this came through a little bit of a rebuke of a friend of mine. And my friend was like, hey, bro, like, have you asked your wife how she wants to be loved? Because you're telling me that you're loving her and you're serving her, but it doesn't sound like you actually, if it's not working, it's probably because you don't actually know what her needs are. And I was mm. like, well, dang it. That didn't feel good, (laughs) but I knew it was probably accurate as soon as I heard it. I was like, okay, all right, I need to go figure out how, and I know you like flowers. And so I was out the other day and I snagged some flowers and because that's, that's the way you like to be loved. These are Mm -hmm. little ways and it didn't used to be that way. So we could talk about that too. Like Mm -hmm. these things, we got to learn our partners and and realize they're changing. My -hmm. wife is changing every day. I'm changing a lot. Yeah. I used to think flowers were such a waste of money. Yeah. And then I realized that they bring me so So much much life in my house, like a piece of the outside in and just a lot of happiness. I love them. And I like the act of like someone bringing me flowers. And this time, like the flowers you brought me, they were even like color scheme and vibe that I liked. And that made me feel known and loved. And, you know, you came home today and those suckers are what, a week old or something. And Mm -hmm. I was pruning them and getting them back situated (laughs) because I want to keep them. Which I hate to be for Enneagram 4 here and be a little cheesy and metaphoric, but as soon as you said it, metaphoric. Whoa, that's a crazy pun. That one came out of nowhere. (laughs) Um, That was was rather clever though, (laughs) Um, especially when they're accidental. I think you pruning those flowers is a perfect picture of marriage. I mean, and again, I hate to, I'm not trying to be cheesy here. It's just the way my brain works. Like that is a perfect picture is like it takes pruning. It takes going, man, how can I How can I show up today and prune the marriage? If a marriage is always, I don't know if you've heard this a lot, but they give the analogy of it being like a, a, a garden. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to pull the weeds. You have yeah. to put some boundaries in place to protect your marriage. You know, you have to light it up at night uh, in certain ways. Like 
you have to keep it fresh. Like you got to find ways. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like you got to keep it fresh, man. Like, and you'd be surprised how far your marriage will go when there is an awareness of what the other person needs. And that's, that's, that's my biggest thought in this is like, do you know really what they need? Like I express my need even here on the podcast of like, my need is to know that you're not leaving me. Right. I don't need you to clean. I don't need, I'd love for you to clean. I'd love for you to help with Which this. Is I'd love for you to it's whatever. It's kind but. of hilarious because something that we've realized is like, I am like the most commitment yeah. oriented chick ever, like yeah. to friends, to people, to what, like, I am a diehard commitment yeah. girly. And again, it's not rooted in your, who you right. are, aren't. For me, it's just rooted in a lot of people growing up in different ways, you know, left me and they, they may not even have this, that same story. So my parents in different ways, like they may see it different, but as a kid growing up, that's how I felt a lot. And so right. now when I try to share my heart with people, or in this case, in our marriage, I'm sharing my heart with you. My greatest fear is like being left and um, abandoned in in my honesty and my authenticity. Mm-hmm. And so my biggest need is just, I need to feel like I have a safe place, a refuge in you to share what I want to share, to leave out what I want to leave out for right now because yeah. I'm working through it and to keep showing up. And and if I know I have that, and it's crazy how much a sticky note yeah. can do that, how much a little card can do that, how much a text can do that, how much a Marco Polo can do that. We send each other Marco Polos all the time. And just those little things, whether it's a toothbrush or whether it's a flower or whether it's, it's like, you know, we get on a podcast and I'm like, man, we want to give some like deep thought-provoking mm-hmm. thing, but I think it is these small things, these small acts of kindness. Well, it's keeping the main thing the main thing. Yeah. Sometimes we get too ethereal with it. We get too yeah. like Make complicated. Too we need to go, you know, and, and there are times where people, their marriages are in despair and you have to take extreme action yes. to repair. Oh, yes, totally. That's not what we're talking about here. No. We're talking about, man, like how do you, how do you maintain what you have? Mm-hmm. How do you revive a bit? And let me, know? can I give one more? This would be my closing one because I'm looking at the time. I'm like, okay, we want to keep it concise as possible. Sure, sure. My closing one, and I hope you have a closing one. My closing one for me would be when my counselor therapy dude I meet with said, other men are going to help you. They're going to teach you how to love your wife better. And I was a little bit like, psh, ain't nobody about to teach me how to love. They don't know Mm -hmm. my wife. I know my wife. Like I got very possessive and like almost like it bothered me, you Mm -hmm. know, and I sat with it for a little bit of time. And then I realized what that means is when I'm bringing my mess to other men that I trust and that are pursuing optimal health in their life and in their homes and in their relationships, I share the load with them of at times, if we can all be real honest, of the burden of that can be being a dad. It can be hard to be a provider and to be a moment maker with your kids and to be somebody who speaks identity and purpose. It can be hard to show up and go on date nights and figure out rhythms and routines and you know all these things, investments, all these things, running companies and businesses. like That can be overwhelming. Equally, being a mom, good God, doing you're doing all that. You're an actor. You're a songwriter. You're, you know, a facilitator of a lot of the details of our lives in the movement. You're making big decisions regarding our lives a lot. You're trying to figure out our kids' futures and are they developing at the right pace? Are we doing all the right things? Are we meeting the markers? Are we like, we're both doing a whole lot. And for me, I would encourage any man listening, because I can't speak to a woman in this, but for any man listening is you need community you don't have to dump everything on your spouse. Like you can have spaces where you talk about your life, your dreams uh, with men who can sharpen you. Now, listen, I'm not saying just go talk and hang out with your buddies and watch football and drink beer. 
uh, I'm saying be intentional about cultivating relationships in your life that you're around men who are making you better. And the only type of man that will make another man better is a man who's pursuing for himself the healthiest version of who he is. So I surround myself with people who are pursuing health in their life. They're not perfect. Some of them are recovering addicts. Some of them are uh, multimillionaires. Some of them are thinkers and authors, and it's a mixed bag, but all of them are trying to become the healthiest version of themselves. And that's who I believe is going to help me become the healthiest father, the healthiest husband, the healthiest friend. And some of us, if you want to live brave, you got to let go of your ego and let go of your need to be seen as perfect. And like you have it all together and I'm good, I'm fine. I'm the person who helps everybody else. And the reality is you might be hiding and in the hiding, you might be missing opportunities for growth and for action and for health. So I would encourage you find people that you trust, go deep with them. And that's a lot of times where your your marriage is going to get healthier when you, when you have those I call it infrastructure when you have that infrastructure in your life. Yeah. Some final thoughts I have. Um, I had one earlier when you were talking about how you expectations and things from when you were young, right? Mm -hmm. And the marriages you saw and that sort of thing. A trigger point for me is arguing, right? We know Mm -hmm. this. Like if you are passionately talking, we've talked about this before, it can get me like, whoa, I thought we were like, happy and good and things are good. And, you know, I I can kind of spiral or shut down or like, because yelling can feel that way for me. And Mm -hmm. so I really appreciate when you don't just like leave me kind of feeling uh, like things are undone. Mm -hmm. You know, the other night, like Pedro's very regimented in terms of like, he values his sleep and his patterns a lot. And the other night he stayed up really late talking to me because I wasn't going to sleep just because my brain was, you know, turning about like how he feels and how this is going to affect future decisions. And like, I had a lot spinning, right? But he stayed up late. He talked further, explained more to me, really eased a lot of my worries and reconnected and helped me like feel bonded again and like in unison and like that I could rest easy and we were good and like all of that. And sometimes people just kind of brush that off or put it aside and let each other deal with their own feelings Mm -hmm. to a detriment sometimes because those things build up and it's like plaque in the middle of teeth. You know, before you know it, there's a root canal that needs to be extracted. extracted. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, that's a way of being intentional is like, okay, I can love somebody by breaking out of my systems and mold and whatever and meet them where they're at because sometimes we don't do that for each other in marriage, but we will do that for a friend. We will mm-hmm. bounce out of our, we'll, we'll get interruptions for someone who's in crisis or in need, but for the person who lives in our house, we're like, they'll be fine. They'll get over it. Mm-hmm. And so to apply the, that same kind of like love and effort and, you know, even like a intervention for the person in your house. Mm-hmm. And also, this is like a very practical, because that's how my brain works, thing that you've heard a million times and everybody always tells you, and that is to prioritize date nights. For yeah. us, uh, there's been seasons where we're great at it. We long for it. We're living for it. And then there's also seasons where it's like we're both working from home and there's kid life and the, we feel like we see each other enough, but feel like we're utilizing, you know, my parents or childcare, that sort of thing enough already. And it doesn't feel like it makes sense. Like for us to 
go out on said night by ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, my parents had them just last night for me to do this thing while you were doing that. But we're so glad when we still do it because we're like, oh, wait, we were around each other, but we haven't had just like a carefree conversation. Yeah. We haven't had like a new experience together without kids. Mm-hmm. We haven't just gotten maybe a heartfelt conversation yeah, in that whatever. week just because space. of yeah. Ultimately it's just space. So space for whatever it needs to whatever be. Whatever it's whatever's needed, yeah. You know, I'm still waiting for us to go on a date night to Target to pick out like new bedding. But sounds terrible. See? But I'll go. But you know what? I think I think that's such a practical good tip that people give you and you probably advice you probably don't take. So I'm just going to give it again in case this time you take it. Prioritize a date night. Like yeah. actually if all you can afford in this season is is like a 15-year-old for 2 hours, great. Have them come over yeah. and you can't afford anything past that, that's cool. Go have a date night in your driveway, pull yeah. around the corner, right. sit in the car, eat what you made for the kids in the car and yeah. just make fun of it. Go for a walk together. A walk, yeah. You know, like enjoy a sunset. Like yeah. whatever you can physically yeah. make happen, make it happen because you'll both appreciate just the effort. Yeah, I think so. And I think I think the thing that to end on in that is connection is not about understanding the other person. Mm-hmm. Like some of us think, okay, I'm going to do these things and then I'm going to understand them and they're going to understand me. And they may not. Actually, yeah. it may get more confusing. Yeah. And that's okay too because connection is not about understanding. It's about trying to understand. Mm-hmm. It's the effort of saying, I'm here I'm with you and I may not understand what you're going through right now. I may not understand how you do things. I may not understand your process, but I am committed to that process with you. Yeah. And I'm here for whatever you need me for. I'm here. That's brave. That's yeah. that's freaking brave. So much of what we've talked about today has been not about like the destination or end yeah, goal, the but actually about the process. Yes. I feel like I'm learning just trying to talk about things I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> trying to synthesize them, but... We're still in it. We're forever. still in it. We got a long way to go. Long way to go. And we'll never arrive. So that's fun. For those of you who love arriving places, it's a never ending work. It's brave, right? That's yeah. the bravest work in the world is a work that doesn't end. It doesn't have yeah. an end and it will never end. Martin Luther King is brave because his work will never end. Mm-hmm. He was embarking on something that he would never get to cross a finish line yeah. for. And that's, I don't know if there's anything more brave than that. It's one thing to set out in a race and be like, I'm going to do this race. And you're like, okay. And I got these competitors and you're like, okay. And I've got these obstacles and I've got these challenges in my body I have to overcome. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's pretty freaking brave. But then if we're like, yeah, and there's no finish line. Wait, so who wins? I mean, no one Mm -hmm. except for the one who just shows up every day. Like you only win when you choose to walk it out. You only win when you take the next step. You only win when you show up the next time and that's it. And then you lose again the moment you stop because then you have to go win again. And that's the nature of life. That's the nature of growth. That's the nature of the seasons that pass us every day. Like summer isn't like, I'm going to beat winter. You know what I mean? Like spring isn't like, I'm going to crush fall. Mm -hmm. Like none of, that's not real. Like, no, they they ebb and they flow and they realize there's no destination, but to the destination, if anything, is just to do what I did yesterday and to show up again. You know what I mean? Otherwise, like winter comes and it's like, summer's like, I'm defeated. Like they won, they beat me. No, I'll, I'll be back. And that's relationship. That's marriage every day. It's like, I'll be back. I'll be here tomorrow. 
And maybe we didn't get it right today. Maybe our date night sucked. And maybe our conversations just didn't go like as planned. And maybe I said that thing and that hurt your feelings. But I'll be back tomorrow. I'm showing up. Yeah. I'm going to put some toothpaste on the toothbrush. I think the most worth it work <laughs> is, a, is, a, is a work that we don't know where it's going, mm-hmm. but we're in it. Hello, parenting. <laughs> we don't know where it's going, but we're in it. Yeah. We love you guys and we can't wait until the next one. Yeah. We'll see you again soon. All right. Love you. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Room to grow. <laughs>